Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. It's election day, and we hope you've already voted or are heading to the polls. We're discussing what's happening in the news as we all cast our ballots. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. another episode of Pantsuit Politics. We just celebrated our third birthday. Dylan, interject some uh, celebratory nose, like the little poppers. Phew, yeah, yeah. We're so excited. It feels both like yesterday and a very long time ago. But to celebrate our third birthday, we had a team meeting and we have a little state of the pot update for everybody. I think a state of the pot is a great thing that we should do annually. Yeah, we're going to do it annually. We're excited. Well, first, it was just wonderful to be in real life with our team, Dylan and Elise, to see them and hug them and sit around the table and look at each other's faces and hear each other's feedback. And I think we've got some really exciting updates and changes coming to Pantsy Politics Way. First of all, we're going to tighten the episode. 
I'm not going to say shorten because some of y'all will freak out and start adding us. We're just going to tighten it up a little bit. We're probably going to spend the first section of the show on only one headline moving forward. But the plan is to record several headlines and we'll pick the best, put that in your podcast feed, and we'll take the rest, which we're going to video and put in our new IGTV feed. So we're really coalescing around the Pantsu Politics Instagram feed. We're dialing back our presences on Facebook, and we're really going to focus on Instagram. There's going to be more stories of us discussing headlines. There are going to be the extended headlines in the IGTV feed. So definitely head over to Instagram and follow Pantsu Politics because there's going to be a lot more there a lot more content, a lot more Sarah and Beth discuss the news over on Instagram. We're also going to scale back our presences on the Nuance Life social media, but we've, we're going to have lots of updates about the Nuance Life over on Wednesday's episode. For, so head over for that State of the Pod episode. But we also have some updates coming about email, right, Beth? Yes, we are going to stop flooding your inbox with a whole bunch of links to, as I've been accused of, ridiculously wonky articles and we're we did, just going to focus in. We had a moment where Elise was like, I'm going to click about the royal family before I'm going to click about policy research. And I said, yes, I love best links, but I always think I should click that. I need to learn about that. I should. I'm going to definitely click that at some point. <laughs> it was kind of sad. So anyway, <laughs> our Friday email now is going to have a note from Sarah, a note from me, and a note from our community. We still want to share some of the amazing listener feedback that we get every week, so that will not change. And you will hear something from each of us. It might be a recommendation for something for you to read or listen to. It also might just be something about life. It might be a recipe because people don't love the policy long, but they love your recipes. The people love the recipes. I know. It is how I show my love through food. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we'll continue to include those occasionally as well. For our patrons, our Wednesday emails are going to go away entirely. We're going to respect your inbox and mm -hmm. stop taking up that space on Wednesdays. However, we are going to give you that after episode reflection that you've become accustomed to in audio format right on the Patreon feed. So you can add it to your podcast feed and just have it show up as something for you to listen to after every Tuesday episode. So that's the state of the pod, closing out 2018 and moving into 2019. We're excited about the changes, but we love our community and we want to hear all your feedback. So send it to us and let us know how you feel about the changes. And we're all going to move forward together. I'm excited. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing a couple headlines, as well as our main segment, we'll be talking about the midterm elections, what's changed as far as candidates, what hasn't about how we're campaigning. And then to close out today's episode, we'll talk about what we're thinking about outside politics and... We're going to sing. I'm excited. We're going to really, really sing together for the first time, as opposed to Sarah just forces some singing on the episode, which is also fun. But this is a more coordinated effort. Before we dive into the headlines, a couple more housekeeping items. We really hope that you will come see us live in Gettysburg on Saturday, November 17th at the Majestic Theater. Tickets are available for purchase. You can go to our Facebook page for the link and we had such a delightful time mm -hmm. meeting some listeners who traveled a very long way to come to Cincinnati over the weekend, and we're just excited to see more of you in Gettysburg. It's only an hour and a half from Washington, D.C. I Google mapped it. So all of you who are always asking us to come to D.C., which we will do, come on down to Gettysburg. We hang out afterwards. We talk to everybody. It's going to be really fun. Y'all can, like, uh, carpool. Then... One last note to celebrate our third birthday. We're asking for a very special birthday present. Maybe y'all have heard. We have a book coming out. 
It's called I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening, A Guide to Gracefield Political Conversation. And for our third birthday, we would love it if you would pre-order our book. Pre-orders help the book get in front of booksellers and on important lists so more people can find the book. And we have a very exciting pre-order bonus. If you pre-order the book through the book website, I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening.com, links in all our social accounts and in the show notes, then you can enter once you pre-ordered and you'll automatically be enrolled in our live class on November 20th, which is going to be all about surviving the holidays when there's family and politics in the mix. I'm really excited. It's going to be an amazing class. We'll be taking questions. So make sure and get your pre-order in by November 19th so that you can come to our November 20th live class on surviving the holidays when family and politics come together. Well, let's get into the headlines. We are just devastated to be reporting on another shooting. Two women, Dr. Nancy Van Vessem, 61, a faculty member at Florida State University, who I have read has, was just a very formidable woman, a wonderful mentor to other people, a great teacher. And Maura Binkley, 21, a student with so much life and promise and kindness, were killed. Four women and one man suffered non-life-threatening injuries. As I was reading about this person, thinking, who just walks into a yoga studio and does this? There were so many common denominators with other perpetrators that we have been learning about recently. He had a history of expressing misogynist views and racist views. He had a history of harassing women. As much as guns are a common denominator in all of these Mm -hmm. tragedies, it seems to me that anger and a profound sense of rejection from women is becoming a common denominator as well. And the thing I really wanted to talk about, Sarah, is that in the articles that I've looked at about this shooting, there is this distinction between his online conduct and what happened in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think you brought up in connection with the Tree of Life synagogue shooting that that distinction just doesn't exist anymore. Who we are online is who we are in life. And I think that understanding that is becoming increasingly important to figuring out how we prevent these things from happening. Mm -hmm. The desire to compartmentalize what people say and do online, especially when there is some level of anonymity, is understandable. And I think it's pretty strong, but I don't think it's serving us. I think that we need to have a real conversation about warning signs and behavior online and that the people we are online is often reflective of what we're capable of offline. And that's something that we are going to have to talk about as a society as what we do online and how we talk and how much time we spend online is increasing and increasing and increasing. And that doesn't mean that spending time online is wrong. Mm -hmm. I think what we have to understand, though, is that we are – not treating a profound sense of loneliness that seems to be at the core of so many of our national issues by connecting people with other very lonely people online in situations where the conversation becomes more and more extreme. Yeah. And this is difficult because there are speech issues. There are issues about who is responsible for what and what kind of duties we owe each other in these scenarios. My main takeaway, as I have thought about the shooting at this yoga studio, is that we must get right with the fact that in addition to diagnosable mental health conditions that are pharmacologically 
treatable. We must start to address our emotional health in this country because mm-hmm. it is literally killing us. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are miserable and feel rejected and somehow under attack. Like the act of rejection is a physical or emotional or spiritual attack on them. The sort of link in so many of these perpetrators is this feeling that aggrieved entitlement, my favorite phrase, that because I can't have it or things aren't turning out as I want, that is a specific group's fault and they are doing it to me. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the narrative coming out of so many of these perpetrators. And it's disturbing, and it's something that I'm worried is escalating. I think we're all worried. So usually we end this segment with gratitude to transition from sometimes less than encouraging headlines, but we're going to move our gratitude moment to the end because that's when we're going to sing. So stay with us. Next up, we're going to discuss the midterm elections, what we hope to see after the votes are counted, and we'll wrap up the show with our gratitude. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors, and I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick-dry polish. They say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick-dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish-gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college, y'all. He's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. 
They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. election day it's finally here it's finally here and we're gonna get approximately 48 hours before we immediately turn around and start sweating the next one yay america there are lots of things to talk about in addition to the elections themselves we wanted to get into what's happening particularly in georgia's gubernatorial race we also wanted to just check in on what i'm thinking of as our candidates i'm sure they think of themselves as um, much bigger than just being on Pantsy Politics list of candidates. <laughs> but I enjoy thinking about all of the fantastic women that we've had on the show. We are going to do some updates with them after the elections are over. So get ready and for that. And we're also going to just chat about like what's gone on with women candidates, particularly in this cycle, and what we hope to see when the elections are over. As someone who's watched elections... For a long time, I'm a political science major. I worked on Capitol Hill. I feel like I've watched a lot of elections. And there are some trends, some things that I feel like have really changed and are very different this cycle. The first one, one we've paid a lot of attention to on Pantsu Politics, is the presence of many, many, many more female candidates. And I am very, very, very excited about that. I think that beyond just the ones getting press, there are an incredible increase in female candidates, particularly on the Democratic side. Now, I want to remind everybody, we really tried to get more Republican female candidates. There are fewer of them, and so we we had some struggle. But, I mean, I think the increase on that side is good to see, too. And I hope over time the increase in female candidates on the Republican side looks like a, a crazy awesome spike like it does on the Democratic side. Because I think the more female candidates, the better. I hope so, too. And I also hope for just a greater diversity among Republican candidates than this cycle. I was telling my husband this morning that our ballot, our local ballot, depresses me mm. because we have so many uncontested races. Yeah, we do, too. We have a couple. Most of our races in this county are decided in Republican primaries. Democratic candidates just don't run, not even for offices that have absolutely nothing to do with national politics. And I mm -hmm. think that doesn't serve anyone. And that imbalance here locally made me think about how nationally I don't feel served either when my only option as a check on the administration feels like voting for Democrats. I want more and better Republican candidates, and I hope that's something that will happen in the future. Now, when we're discussing female candidates, I think it's important to say that there is an increasing number of female candidates, and that's awesome. I like to see, I think that we've seen the cycle a different way that that female candidates present themselves. I think they're much more comfortable being strong. You're seeing awesome ads that play to things that usually would have been hidden or tried to kept from the voters, everything from breastfeeding to tattoos to just physical strength. And I'm here for all that. I think that's awesome. I do think it's important to talk about some of the things with regards to female candidates that 
haven't changed as much as we wanted them to. The New York Times had a piece on the fact that women still don't donate as much money or raise as much money as men, which is incredibly disappointing. It's disappointing. It's also not surprising because Mm -hmm. if you think about the positions in the world where you're in a position to donate lots and lots of money and you're connected to the right people to maximize your political giving, a lot of those seats are still occupied by men. Mm -hmm. And parity in the private sector is necessary for parity in the public sector. That's what I think we're seeing in this cycle. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Another thing that I think is an interesting trend that I think has changed this midterm is it is almost as if voter registration, voter turnout, and by that I mean voter suppression has become an actual unapologetic strategy for several Republicans across the country. It's like they are from the North North Dakota law to all the drama in Georgia I am so disheartened that there is this unapologetic, well, we just need to make sure. I mean, because listen, I'm not mad at get out the vote. I'm not mad if Democrats go and knock on Democratic doors. Whatever. But the idea of using our actual election system, registration and precincts location and all these things to suppress certain populations votes is so disturbing to me. There are two things that I think are at the root of that. Thing number one is our inability to understand that tactics used by one party will be used by the other at some point, that the ends do not justify the means. Mm -hmm. This, to me, feels like a continuation of the changing of Senate rules that's been happening over the past few years. It's just this decision that the only thing that matters is our power and getting what Mm -hmm. we want. And if you are comfortable with that when you agree with the people doing it, rest assured that you will be on the receiving end at some point in the future. And we we just have to get out of that and justify the means mentality. The second thing that I think is at the root of this is the concerted effort over the past couple of years to chip away at people believing what is just objectively true and mm-hmm. deciding that everything has a partisan slant. Because when you talk about voter fraud, it is like we live in different universes. It's like we live in different universes. And I think election integrity is very important from every single angle. And if there were widespread evidence of voter fraud in the United States, I would be very concerned about it. That is not what's happening. Every credible source that I have found says voter fraud is not statistically speaking, occurring in this country on a mass scale. And so what we are doing is trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist and in the process hurting lots of people. And I don't even believe the pretense anymore because Mm -hmm. I think the people doing this know good and well what they're doing. And I also think that it is critically important that every state in this country pass laws designed to protect election integrity in the form of saying that if our secretary of state is a candidate for another office, that secretary of state must recuse herself or himself during the election and allow a neutral party to oversee the election. What Brian Kemp is trying to do in Georgia, whether he is, let's say that he the facts come out and he is absolutely right 
there's no evidence to indicate that that will happen. But let's just for, for a, a moment experiment. suspend reality <laughs> and do the thought experiment. The appearance of impropriety here is off the charts mm-hmm. and he knows it. But there is no mechanism to move him out of this process because we don't have good laws about things like this and we just we must have them. Yeah, it's so disturbing. I think that Georgia's race overall is so intense. There was a bright spot, though, before we move on to some other trends we've noticed in the midterm election. And that bright spot was Mama Oprah. Mama Oprah came to town. Did you see, Beth? I did see. I want to tell you what I really appreciate and respect about what Oprah did here. Because I do have that conservative thing of being like, ugh, celebrities. (laughs) With Oprah, the willingness to actually go knock on people's doors takes it completely out of that category for me because that is just engaging in the democratic process. That wasn't Oprah hosting a $500 a plate fundraiser or doing a giant concert or something that would have been so easy for Oprah to do. Or for Stacey Abrams to ask for. That's right. That she put her tennis shoes on and started walking around the streets of Georgia, knocking on people's doors. I welcome absolutely anyone Mm -hmm. who is willing to engage in that kind of process. And what a powerful, humble use of her influence in the world. I, I was really impressed by that. And I just thought her speech about their blood is in my DNA. I will not. I'm tearing up. I will not let them down like the people who wanted to vote and couldn't. And I can. Oh, it's so it was so beautiful. It was such a great moment. I really loved every second of it. Anytime she says I come as one and stand as 10,000, I get chills because I think that that is a really good reminder that when we vote, it is not an individual act. It Mm -hmm. is both an individual act and a communal act. And it is also an act that connects us to generations of people in our country and um, I, I really respected the way that Oprah approached this. I totally agree. So this is related. The other trend that seems to be coming this midterm, hopefully, I think the early voting numbers are there, is bigger, better turnout by younger Americans in the midterm election. The numbers are looking great on that so far, and I hope that they hold. And I think that's important no matter where you are politically, too. We don't want our country to be neglected. Mm. That's what I feel has been happening in American democracy for several decades now. We have neglected American democracy. And when our young people don't vote, it's a sign that that neglect will continue. And I think the Mm re-engagement of young voters is such a positive sign. And re-engagement at all levels there. You have people volunteering. You have people, younger people running. I think that is incredibly powerful. And I just hope that It continues that it's not – I don't – I have no concerns that everybody's going to drop off the face of the earth in 2020. That's my first thing. But, I mean, I just hope that people see it as a bigger, more important act than we just have to get rid of Donald Trump and everything will be okay. Like, I really hope people see the importance and and are feeling the reward of knocking on those doors and are feeling the reward of running for office and are feeling the reward of understanding what's happening and their local governments, because it is there, because we're still connecting with our fellow human beings. And even when it's frustrating, even when we feel people are cheating, and even when we are angry and feel personally attacked, all those things can be true. And also it can be true that engaging in our democracy is a rewarding act in 
the totality of the experience. So in a lot of coverage of these of this election, and particularly the the young turnout, I'm noticing a theme, noticing a theme in the press, and it's let me just be honest, it's wearing my ass out. It's just wearing me out. <laughs> this there's so much the New York Times is all, well, it's not a foregone conclusion. Even a modest shift could change things. And we all think the Democrats are going to win. But y'all, now listen, things could change. The Republicans could win everything. Like they are so clearly gun shy after 2016 about all this stuff with the polls getting it wrong and they got it wrong. You can just, it's so clunky and it's so forced there. We want to describe what's going on, but we also want to hedge our bets so nobody gets mad at us for getting it wrong. It's really annoying. There's a way to do that too, I think, that it would be less annoying. Turnout will govern this election, <laughs> as in every election from the history of time. Who shows up to vote will determine the outcome, the end. But you know the problem with that. They can only say that so many times, and they need more clicks. They need more eyes and more clicks and more viewers. And so they have to turn it into a horse race, but now they feel bad because they can't really talk about it like they used to with regards to the horse race. And so they're trying to do both things, and they're doing both badly. And there's just always like the tiniest bit of condescension built into some of this, too. I was telling Sarah I was trying to listen to the Dailies episode about polling. And here is my condensed version of it. <laughs> if only the commoners could understand what those of us who are experts have known for so long, they would know that we didn't get it wrong in 2016. They just didn't understand what we were trying to tell them, Bliss. which was that there was a higher percentage chance that Hillary Clinton would win, but a chance that Ugh. Donald Trump would win. We didn't put it at zero. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just had to turn it off. I was like, come on, people. It's okay to screw up and be surprised. This happens all the time. Meteorology is an excellent corollary to this, right? Seriously. But just say, like, we don't we don't always know. The problem, though, with that analogy is meteorology is getting more accurate and polling is getting less accurate. Meanwhile, right. they're building entire sections of their websites or entire websites around the idea of watching the polls, looking at you, 538, and the polls are getting less accurate because different people are polling. They're not answering their phones. They're on cell phones. Like, So that's the problem, right? They want to make more money off polling as polling is getting more inaccurate. I think this is a good segue to talking about our candidates, as I like to call them, because some of our candidates have struggled to get media attention at all because of polling. Mm -hmm. This is what bothers me. If we're supposed to, as consumers of information, take every poll with a grain of salt, then I would like polling to stop driving so many editorial decisions. Mm -hmm. That's my ask of the media. If anything is possible, then please cover people who are running for office no matter how viable they look to you in your polling. I think it's been a real shame that some excellent candidates have not gotten much oxygen in their races because of polling when the week before the election we're being told, but just, just ignore that polling. It's just a it's just a guess. Don't get too excited. Ugh. Well, and also I think I got to believe the numbers on stuff like that are down because so so many people are like still traumatized by 2016. I think that's right. And I think that many of the women that we've talked to are the antidote to being traumatized Word. by 2016, especially because, as a lot of you noted in your feedback to us, these interviews tended not to be heavily partisan interviews. Mm -hmm. And that's something else I wanted to talk about today as we approach our, our voting. 
I think there are two different conversations going on. The first conversation is, what are our shared values as Americans? And how can we use our votes to express those shared values? The second conversation is, what policies would effectuate those values in ways that I'm comfortable with as a voter? And I typically prioritize question number two because question number one is assumed. Mm -hmm. I assume that both candidates on my ballot prioritize the same fundamental liberty, justice, equality kind of values that I that I hold. And so I get to say, okay, I'm going to vote now on policy. I don't think that that's true in this particular election. In this particular election, I am voting based on question number one. And I just think that distinction has been missed in a lot of the conversation, especially as people who share my policy preferences react to this notion of a blue wave. I think people feel like, well, if I vote for a Democrat, I'm endorsing some potential policy outcomes that I don't support. I think that's true. I think that I'm about to vote for some folks who are going to enact some policies that I don't support. The question for me in this election is about making sure that my fundamental values are cared for. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's been done by this Congress. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, 
It could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are interested in going back and listening to all the interviews with our candidates, we are going to list them all as well as the date and link to the episode in our show notes. So definitely check that out if you're looking for further election day listening slash inspiration. Up next, we're going to share what's on our mind outside of politics. So I said, Beth, if we're going to sing, do you want to skip outside of politics this week? And she said, no, because I want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Saturday night, my husband said, let's go to a movie. Do you want to see A Star is Born or Bohemian Rhapsody? And my brain went, well, we've already talked about A Star is Born on the podcast, so I should see Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm so upset about this because I definitely could have talked about A Star is Born again, but that's okay. That's okay. Listen, this was the best decision. Thank you, Pantsuit Politics, for forcing me into Bohemian Rhapsody because it was a pure delight. It was so wonderful. So we went on Saturday after we had just spent three solid days with our team immersed deeply in podcasting. And I loved every moment of that. And I also had used all my words Mm. and was just ready for some serious downtime of not talking to anyone, enjoying the comfortable silence that I experienced with my husband. So we go into the theater. People sitting behind me were on a date. I felt like I was on the date with them because the woman was like super animated. It was very much like being out with Sarah somewhere. So I'm just (laughs) listening and, you know, enjoying not having to react, but still being a part of their conversation. So then the movie starts and this woman continues to have very strong reactions to everything, including sobbing a couple of times. It definitely felt like Sarah was with me for that, which was (laughs) lovely and beautiful. And I appreciate it. Enhanced my experience greatly. This movie was so much fun. And I have read the criticisms of it. And let me just be really clear about how much I do not care about those criticisms. (laughs) I think this movie was melodramatic in a way that was befitting of Queen. I think that this is the movie that if the band members, including Freddie Mercury, were going to write themselves, they would have done this movie because it was just costumes and hair and amazing music and a storyline that glossed over the hardest parts and emphasized the fact that these were four super smart guys and really talented who decided they were going to do life on their own terms. And it ended with a recreation of the Live Aid concert. It felt like you were getting to go to both a movie and this really amazing concert. And I loved it. And I've been smiling and listening to Queen songs for three days because of it. I love it. So I'm not thinking about a lot outside politics. I'm just going to be real because I'm also up for re-election. And so the campaign is taking up a lot of my time. We had some some very exciting um, drama while I was in Cincinnati for our team meeting. A, a nice man in my hometown stole one of my signs 
and spray painted a circle with a slash through it on it and stuck it in his first yard, his front yard, which I thought was really sweet. The campaign property was reclaimed. Let's just put that there. Let's put it like that. And then so he homemade his own. He homemade his own sign. And so I thought, well, there's nothing I can do about it. How much time am I going to waste on this? And so what I decided to do was I took Griffin and Amos by his yard and I showed them the sign and I said, I want to talk about this with you. This man does not like me. I've never met him. I've never had a conversation with him. What do you think I should do about it? And Amos said, well, I think you should call his boss and get him thrown in jail. And I was like, that's a good idea. Fortunately, that's not an option. And and I said, well, do you think that I should stop being a city commissioner because people are being so mean? And Griffin was like, no, definitely not. You should not do that. He's like, that would be admitting defeat. <laughs> that was very strong language, but I liked it. And I said, well, you know, there's not much I can do about it. You're right. I'm not going to stop being a city commissioner. But I wanted you to see it because I think it's really important that you understand that if you do anything big or if you put yourself out there, somebody is not going to like it. If you, Griffin wants to be a video game designer. If you design the best video game possible, some people are going to be mad they didn't design it and they're going to be ugly to you. I said, what this man has done doesn't have anything to do with me and everything to do with him. And I want you to understand that you will encounter situations like this. That when you are trying to do something good and you are trying to be brave and people are going to be ugly about it. I can't protect you from that. I can't stop that. That's just part of the gig. And I wanted you to know that, you know, we keep going. We keep going and we keep doing our work, even when people are mean, even when it's hard. And, you know, they all nodded. They nodded as kids do. But I I hope it got through. I hope they remember because it, it is true every day, but definitely on Election Day that no matter what happens, the work continues. No matter if people are mean, no matter if inhumane policies are passed, The work will continue. We still have to keep showing up for each other and doing our work and shining it on when we want to cry because people are mean (laughs) and being brave and trying the best that we can to ignore the critics and doing our work. So that is my not really outside politics, but reflection on this election day. That's some awesome parenting, Sarah. Thanks. I try. We said we were going to end with gratitude, and I am grateful for Sarah and people like her who serve our country and our communities. I'm grateful for the opportunity to vote. I'm grateful for our country as messy as it is right now. I'm grateful that sometimes patriotism looks like prayer as much as pride. Mm. And we thought that we would do that as we close out the show today by sharing our rendition of America the Beautiful. Now my nose is running because I was getting a little teary. Let's hope for the best. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies. For amber waves of green. For purple mountain majesty. Above the fruited plain America, America God shed his grace on thee And 
crown thy good with sisterhood. From sea to shining, sea to shining, sea to shining, Dylan Garvin produces Pantsu Politics every week. And thanks for making us sound better and smarter, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our production assistant, which means we could not live without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you so much, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsu Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help make the show better. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Tracy Putoff, Tim Miller, Cherry Haas, Sarah's husband Nicholas Holland, and my husband Chad Silvers. Learn more about our live events that we're involved in and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with us and members of the Pantsu Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 